Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about whether inflation can breed demand for more real estate. This year has seen dramatic increases in real estate prices across the U.S. and Canada. In 94% of the metro areas in the U.S., prices are up more than 10% from a year earlier. Nationally, prices are up 22.9% from last year. Many are decrying the affordability crisis, but it is a free market, and there's clearly an excess of money sloshing around in the system. Prices in Austin, Texas are up 45.1%. Naples, Florida, up 41.9%. In my home city of Ottawa, Canada, prices are up 19% in 2020 over the previous year and then up a further 27% this year. Many suburban markets around New York City and Boston are also up sharply. Imagine you bought a house with a conventional loan. If your loan was originally at 80% of the purchase price, and after a few years you pay down the loan to where you now owe 70% of the current market value, then along comes 2020 and 2021, and you're sitting on a massive increase in equity. So imagine you're sitting on a house that's theoretically gone up 49% in the past two years. You don't want to sell, because if you sell, you have to spend even more money to buy back into the market. But let's look at what happened to your capital investment in real estate. Let's imagine you had 70% of your property value remaining to be paid back on the loan, say in 2019. With a 49% increase in property value, your home might have been valued, say, at a million dollars, just to keep the math simple, in 2019. And today, today it's now valued at a million four hundred and ninety thousand. You previously had three hundred thousand in equity, and now you've got seven hundred and ninety thousand in equity just in two years. Now you've always wanted that condo in Florida as a second home or the cottage by the lake. It was out of reach before, but now you've got so much equity, you could afford to refinance your primary residence and maybe even rent out that condo or cottage for a few months of the year to help pay for the cost of ownership. Not only can you access a lot of equity in your refinance, you might be able to get a lower interest rate if you lower the percentage of your loan to value. A lot of people think that debt reduction is the way to go. For some people, that may indeed be the best decision, but in an inflationary environment, the dollar gets devalued, so your savings get devalued, your purchasing power gets devalued, and so does your debt. In that environment, the best thing to do is actually to acquire more debt, assuming you have the ability to fund that debt without getting into trouble. So if you have that borrowing power, buying that second property now becomes possible. Now you'll notice I'm not talking about the professional investors that make up much of our listening audience. I'm talking about the average working person who's been saving up and managed to leverage their home into bigger and better properties over time. So the question is, how many people will attempt to tap into their newfound equity? We've heard a lot about how the refi market was extremely hot in 2021, and I predict it's about to get even hotter. The refinance activity is going to continue well into next year, as long as interest rates remain low. This means there'll be even more money sloshing around in the system, looking for real estate to buy. And when there's more money than product, there's upward pressure on prices. That's the very definition of inflation. It's the inflation of the money supply that is the core inflation. The rising prices are merely a symptom. The extra equity is making a lot of extra borrowing power available to many real estate owners that didn't have it before. A percentage of them are going to use that borrowing power to multiply their real estate holdings, and that in turn is creating more demand for properties as people acquire second homes. The demand for homes is outstripping the growth of the population, especially in Sunbelt destinations. Now, some cities like Austin, Texas, are all about jobs and growth. Austin is becoming a peer to Silicon Valley as a technology hub. Oracle is moving their headquarters from Redwood Shores. They're going to bring 10,000 jobs with them. 
Tesla's new factory on the east side of Austin is going to bring 5,000 jobs and lots of startup companies that would have chosen Silicon Valley in the past are now looking to Austin as a place to launch. And while Austin prices are up 45%, houses are still relatively cheap compared with the Bay Area. You can pay a couple of million for a 1960s ranch bungalow in the Bay Area, and that same two million will get you a gorgeous modern five-bedroom home with three-car garage and a swimming pool and a view of the hills in Austin, Texas. All of this is the result of easy money. If you were living in Waltham, Massachusetts or North Andover, your newfound equity will easily afford you a second home on the beach in the Florida Panhandle. But it's not just the sun destinations. We're seeing demand for ski chalets and cottages by the lake. That extra equity is pushing demand for more real estate faster than ever. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.